Hi, and welcome to Come Read With Me, Rev Chris. Chris and David are currently off recording season three. Until then, check back here each week to hear one of Chris's sermons from the archive. Enjoy. So I've, I've kind of titled this uh, talk, um, Dreams, Signs, the Holy Spirit and Peace. Um, I often uh, listen to music, right? You know, in the car or whenever you put the radio on and you're walking on the tube, you listen to music and I'm kind of singing along, but I have no idea what the words are. Um, but I know some of them, you know, you know the tune, you know some of them and you get a little bit, uh, you know, and you sing along and then suddenly there's a bit that you don't know and you're like, <laughs> and, and then you carry on. So like, for instance, I don't know if you know the song by Fallout Boy. It's a classic. Uh, it's like, it goes like, we're going down, down, numa, numa, numa. sugar, we're going down, swinging, I'll be a number one, cock it and pull it, and we're going down. And if you ever, you, I always do that kind of song, but I Googled it, right? I Googled it, and it actually goes like this. We're going down, down in an earlier round, and sugar, we're going down, swinging, I'll be a number one with a bullet. A loaded God complex, cock it and pull it. Now that song will be alive for you. Um, but do you ever do that where you're like, you're thinking, what are these words? And you kind of get a little bit of it and you're vibing along, but you don't know the whole thing. Or recently I was talking with um, Andy Briley, our other warden, and uh, there was a song and I can't remember what it said. So story is already not great. But um, basically, you know, when you, you, you think you know a song's words. And then you find out, actually, you had no idea what the actual words were. And you got it really wrong. Has anyone ever done that? You, go, you think you know it, and then suddenly it's like, it's not quite there. So you get the tune, you get the gist, you get the vibe, uh, but you don't get quite the absolute details. Um, and it's easy, it's easy sometimes to get it wrong. So I kind of feel uh, like this when I'm applying this type of thinking uh, to dreams in real life. So God has throughout uh, history spoken to his people through dreams. Um, Our dreams, of course, are not always from God. Sometimes they are are unconscious, speaking to us. Um, We're trying to figure something out in our unconscious and it just spills into our mind at night. And we're trying to uh, figure out a feeling, a worry, a fear, something's going on. Sometimes uh, dreams come and it's just our bodies. Our body is just um, going through stuff and your dream comes through kind of more fleshiness of your body. And then sometimes uh, they come from a dark place and maybe it's uh, the enemy, an evil force that are invading our dreams. And, um, and that can happen too. And in my life, I've experienced all these types of dreams. I had a, a dream a few days ago last week and I was showing Justin Bieber around Cambridge University and uh, I was trying to keep walk by his side as I was taking him around Cambridge um, and trying to not let him get into too much mischief because, you know, it's Cambridge University. I'm really proud of being there. It was a great time in my life. And, and you know, I, I fell in love and met Jenny in Cambridge. Um, so th- th- this, this dream seems crazy. Here I am showing Justin Bieber around Cambridge. What on earth is going on? And this, this was not a God dream. And sometimes in our dreams, the people in our dreams represent a facet of ourselves. And so what I kind of concluded from this, from this dream was, 
I was trying to understand, or, or the dream spoke to me of being able to navigate the precious things in my life with an arrogance that can sometimes uh, come from within um, that I think like I'm known or people know me or a, a level of like being known uh, here as a church leader or around the world at the stuff I do on social media. And so it was like me figuring out like, oh, I have to be careful. There's this part of me that in a sense perceives like, oh, I'm, you know, this like Justin Bieber type character or something. But also like knowing that there's a preciousness in my life that I have to be careful when, when navigating. Does that make sense? Like trying to figure out that in my unconscious was what this dream spoke to me. Now, this wasn't a God dream. It was kind of stuff going on in my heart. But I've also had God dreams, powerful dreams, visions, you might say as well, of God speaking directly to me uh, about things in my life. And throughout the Bible, visions, dreams, you know, prophetic utterances have been used to encourage God's people, to bless God's people, to warn God's people, to guide God's people. Daniel uh, famously had dreams and was able to interpret them. Joseph, um, Joseph in the Technicolor dream coat, that Joseph, he had dreams. And again, uh, God spoke to him and through him to many. Mary and Joseph in the New Testament had dreams, warning them and guiding them. Maybe you've had uh, dreams in your life, even visions. Visions come mostly, the idea is when you're awake, you see something in the spirit. The thing is that they are not always clear. It's not like 2020 vision, you get a clear meaning. Their meaning is not always exact. It's not like a maths equation where it's like two plus two equals four, clear. Uh, it's more like a Picasso, uh, like a painting you look at and you need to have a level of interpretation you get the gist and the meaning in some way, but it's not necessarily 100% clear. In our Acts passage um, that we had read uh, by Max, a vision appeared to Paul in the night of a man in Macedonia standing, urging the people to, to come to him, to preach the gospel. Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, he immediately sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So Paul has this vision uh, of this man in Macedonia, and he goes there. It's a long voyage. If you read the passage, it's a really long voyage to get there through uh, the seas and cities and things. And he reaches it. And then it says this in the passage. And on the Sabbath day, they went outside um, the gate to the riverside, where they supposed there was a place of prayer. It's like they supposed maybe it was a place of prayer. Maybe there's some people there. They were gathering around. They were like, oh, this, this is a place where we can pray. And they started praying. And then... When they were there, they meet lots of women there, and they preach to these women. And then this woman, Lydia, overhears them, and she is converted. It's not quite a man saying, come over. It's, they meet a group of women, and then there's women. Lydia starts this church from there, and it's really powerful. But then the next thing that happens is they're going through Macedonia, and this, this other lady is following them, and she has this uh, demon that allows her to see into the future and see prophetically. And Paul gets really annoyed because this woman, this girl, is walking around going, these are the servants of the Most High, saying a good thing in the sense that she was right. But Paul was like, oh, uh, just be quiet and cast this demon out. And what happens is then they're, they're beaten, they're flogged, they're thrown in prison. And like, what must they have been thinking? 
God, you, you're pretty clear, it seems, you called us here. You pretty much like said, come to Macedonia. We've come here. Haven't met any men who've been like, talk, well, who is this man that showed me a vision of? What we've done is we've preached to this woman and we started this, this, we met this woman called Lydia and we converted her, but now we're in prison. We've been beaten up. Like, what's going on? But I think they, they trusted in God. What happens then is they're broken out of jail by an angel. It's a pretty cool story. So God is still with them in the midst of this kind of confusing thing that's going on. Joseph, do you know the story of Joseph? When he was a young man, he would have dreams and his, his brothers were all older than him and he would tell his brothers, oh, I had another God dream. And they're like, oh. And he's like, yeah, you guys are all going to bow down to me. And, uh, and what happens? Joseph goes uh, to see his brothers. His father sends him and they, they say, let's kill him. We're about to kill him. Because they're jealous and annoyed. And he's quite arrogant with it. Instead of that, they throw him down a well and then they sell him into slavery. And then he's 20 years away from them. He gets thrown into prison, two years in prison. He gets more dreams and interpretation. And he's like, what is going on? You know, I was pretty sure this was a God thing. But it's 20 years later until he becomes raised up, becomes second in command other than Pharaoh. And his brothers then do come to him and they bow down before him as the dream showed. The dream, in a sense, does come true, but it's 20 years in the waiting, and it's, it's a really difficult time for him. He's gone through this massive journey himself. Jesus says this in our gospel passage. He says, These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring, you to, your, bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. We should expect God to speak to us. We should expect it. A couple of weeks ago, I spoke on the sheep, um, that we are the sheep and the sheep hear his voice. We should expect God to guide us, to speak to us through the spirit moving, through our dreams, perhaps. We should be humble with what we receive. We should be confident that God will speak, but we should also be cautious with what we receive. I've often heard people say things like, oh, God told me X, or God told me Y. God said this. And it's like, okay. I just sit there and I hold it, and I'm like, let's just hold that for a minute before we go and do something silly. Or That's got a lot of people into trouble in the world. You need to hold and test and wait. It's not always clear. Look at the book of Revelation. It's kind of bonkers. Right? It's a great book, but it's pretty bonkers. Um, different religious uh, sects uh, around the world have kind of started predicting uh, the end of the world from this book. For years, they've been like, oh, it's on this date or it's on this date. And it's clearly just 144,000 people that are going to be saved because it says it. Um, but that isn't what the book is, is saying. And it, it also says within it quite clearly that um, the end will come like a thief in the night. You won't know could be tomorrow we don't know it's not meant to be a book that's taken 100 percent literally but it does have meaning i mean listen listen to this i saw no temple in the city for its temple is the lord the god almighty and the lamb and the city has no need for the sun or the moon to shine on it for god gives it light and the lamp is the lamp Jesus is not a lamb lamp walking around like a fluorescent sheep in heaven. 
Is he? Let's be honest. <laughs> like, it's not that. It's talking about his glory being there and his presence and the sense that God and his majesty is, is with you at all times, like, a, like light around you, but bringing you this sense of his glory. And it's beautiful and it's wonderful. So what can we conclude? Why show us in part? Why is it a bit annoying? I honestly, I don't know exactly why God chooses to, you know, Jesus spoke in parables sometimes. That God gives us glimpses, but not the whole picture. When, when Rose and, when we were going on our sabbatical, Rose and Sasha were like, we're going, where are we going? And we said to, I said to Rose, we're going to Hawaii. And she was like, where is that? What's that like? And we were like, well, it's really pretty. There's lots of trees. There's beaches. We can go swimming. We'll see the fish. All stuff that she understood was good and helpful for her to see it. I didn't say, well, Hawaii is a state in the Western United States located in the Pacific Ocean about 2,000 miles from the U.S. mainland, and it's the only state in the U.S. outside of North America. It's also made up of different volcanic islands, and it's got 1.4 million residents. She wouldn't have, it would have led her to confusion. She wouldn't have understood what was going on. She maybe would have had more questions. That wouldn't have helped her. And I'm not saying that God thinks we're stupid. Rose isn't stupid, she's super smart. But it wouldn't necessarily be helpful for her. What she really wanted to know was, Dad, is this a nice place? Is it safe? And we were saying, yeah, it's really good. It's really good. God might not show us everything, and that doesn't mean we can't trust him. In fact, I think it means the opposite, that he only has our best interests at heart. He only has good intentions for us. And though we might not know everything, we can trust that he fully does know. And he knows what will happen. And he calls us to trust. I love what uh, Jesus says in our passage. After he tells the disciples uh, a rather coded message, he says, like, I'm going to go away and where I'm going, you cannot come, but I will come to you and I'll bring you to where I'm going. <laughs> it's like, okay. Say that again. Um, but then after all of that kind of weird coded, like, what's going on, he says this to them. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. And that's just great. He gives them this, this like, sometimes he's giving them an insight into the future. And they might have been like, whoa. And then he's like, but I'm going to give you something concrete. Peace. Hold my peace. I'm not giving it to you as the world gives. I'm giving it to you from myself, from the Father. Hold to this. Jesus gives us that peace. The Holy Spirit brings us comfort. When you are confused, when you don't know all the answers, when you can't clearly see the way ahead, ask God for his peace. Claim it. Because I do think we are promised it. And you can hold God's name to account. Trust in him. He loves you. I want to finish with this scripture from 1 Corinthians 13. It's the famous love passage 
that St. Paul describes love. Um, and this is the end bit of it. And we, you've, you've heard it in weddings many times. I, I, you'll know it. You know the passage that goes, love is patient, love is kind. Da, 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 da. You know that one. But it finishes with this. And I always think this is really, this is really great. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for the tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part. But then when perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope and love remain. But the greatest of these is love. Amen. Amen.